You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play, Alexa, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider Credential, member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Monday, kicking off a week's worth of podcast with your yes to and oh New Orleans Pelicans after their win on Friday, 149-129, a 20-point victory, and also a team-high points scored in one game. It was impressive. We're going to recap that in the first segment. Then in the second segment, because the Pelicans are putting up such bonkers, crazy numbers because of their lightning fast pace, we actually need to have a primer on what pace is, what pace adjusted stats mean to kind of put all of this in a little bit better perspective because the Pelicans right now are skewing all sorts of numbers with the style of ball that they play. And then after that, let's take a look at some of the ranks, the early returns on this Pelicans team where they say, in offense, where they sit in defense, where we see room for improvement. And there's a couple of areas, but there's a couple of areas where they've been so good, it's going to surprise you. And we're going to talk about that later on in the week as well, probably in tomorrow's podcast before we preview uh, Tuesday's game against the Clippers. We got a lot to cover in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So before we recap the Pelicans 149-129 win over the Sacramento Kings to move to 2-0, and oh, if you're a new listener, thank you very much for tuning in. Of course, this is the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans. If you've been a listener of any point over the past three years now, I appreciate you sticking with us now that we're having such fun with this new season. And of course, tell your friends, clue them into the podcast here, make them a smarter basketball fan. That said, and that out of the way, yes, 149-129 over the Sacramento Kings on Friday. And basically, you watch this game, and the Pelicans did whatever they wanted. They scored over 30 points in every quarter in this game, and they did that also in the opening night game against the Houston Rockets. That's eight straight quarters with 30 points or more. 149 points in this game is a franchise record for points scored in a game. It's also the highest point total in the NBA since 2010 when the Phoenix Suns did it being coached, of course, by Alvin Gentry. So there's a theme here. This was, at least on the offensive end, purely how the Pelicans want to play. The pace in this one was 113. That is staggeringly fast. Again, after DeMarcus Cousins went down when they really hit their groove last year, it was about 102. So it's 11 possessions more. And we're going to talk about what that means because pace is going to be so important in putting things in context for this Pelicans team all season long because 129 might seem like a lot to give up, and it is. But it's not as bad when you kind of adjust it for teams playing fast. That'll be, of course, in the second segment here. So let's take a look at who did well for this Pelicans team on Friday night in that huge win. Of course, Anthony Davis, 25 points on the night, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. That passing was still going for him, and he just looks like he's kind of evolved and taken a leap, if that was even possible, for the MVP runner-up from last season. 8 of 12 from the field. He was 1 of 1 from deep. 8 of 12 from the line as well. Basically did everything you wanted in this one. 
Beautiful point, which we're going to talk about tomorrow as well. Only played 26 minutes, almost 27 minutes. Unbelievable that he can have this kind of win, this kind of offense with him playing kind of so few minutes to start the year. Nikola Mirotic, 31 minutes, was 14 of 21 from the field, 5 of 9 from deep, got to the line, 3 of 6 from there, Seven, or sorry, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, 0 turnovers for the big man there 36 points on the night he was impressive and when his shooting's going he's just otherworldly he had a stretch late in the third where he was so hot he took like a heat check three that was super deep and it's like okay I don't hate this because that's always fun when a guy gets so hot they just kind of want to take whatever shot they can to see if they keep hitting it and Mirtic had a moment like that on Friday, which just only is a good thing for your team. So that's what one of his misses from three was. Drew Holiday still being very quiet to start the year. You haven't seen a real standout performance from him offensively. 5 of 11 from the field, 0 for 1 from deep. Did get to the line, hit 5 of 6 freebies there. 10 assists on the night for 15 points. Had three turnovers. That's a bit disappointing, but we'll live with that. Six rebounds as well. Again, he's not showing up on the score sheet, making a huge impact, but the defense is still there. We saw what he did against Chris Paul and James Harden. And then right at the end of the half, right at the end of the second quarter here, you saw him kind of have enough of Buddy Heald, who played pretty well on the night, by the way. Buddy Heald was 7 from 11, 3 for 4 from deep, 17 points. He was second leading score. Sorry, third leading score, fourth leading score. I'm not even looking at the numbers here. 17 points, let's just say that, on the night for Buddy Heald. And a lot of that was cutting inside. Drew Holiday decided he just had enough of that crap. And you saw him shut down Buddy, and it led to a turnover right before the end of the second quarter, before the teams went into a halftime. And you can see how... How good Drew is uh, when he wants to be on the defensive side of the ball. So we haven't seen like an explosion offensively for him, but he's having a big impact in games here. So it's really nice to see. Julius Randle a little bit quieter in this one. 13 points on the night. 6 of 12 from uh, the field. 1 of 2 from deep. He can still hit it. He went 0 for 4 from the line. That hurts him a little bit too. But he only played 24 and a half minutes. He's going to have big games. Ian Clark stepped into this one. 3 of 3 from deep. 4 of 4 overall for 13 points as well. He was just kind of that go-to guy off the bench for this team. He just basically scored. That was it. Nothing too fancy. But in 17 18 minutes, that's what you want to see. Alfred Payton continued his hot start for the season here for New Orleans. 5 of 7 from the field, that's 71.4%. 1 of 1 from deep, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 turnovers. That's a good number there. And 11 points. He was impactful. Each one more steady self, though he had bad shooting night. 5 of 11 overall, 0 for 3 from deep. He finished with 10. Darius Miller got in on the action. He played a bigger role in this one. You saw uh, some of those Solomon Hill and Darius Miller combo lineups. They weren't great, but they were very effective given who they were paired with. We'll look at that again another date and time here. 3 of 7 from deep. He finished with 10. Frank Jackson got in there late in the game. Showed he's still a gunner. He hit 1-3. He scored another time at the rim. It's kind of nice to see him playing out there. And basically everyone played well in this game, even though the points look like Sacramento scored a lot. So the Pelicans did exactly what they want to do in this game. Again, the pace was 113, just lightning fast. They had 28 fast break points. There you go. Bingo, boom. That's what they want to do. Grab a defensive board and go and run and score. And they did to the tune of 28 points. It was a little low against Houston, but that's kind of where they want to be. Probably 23 points and up in the fast break. 24 if you want to round it and make it kind of easy. This team also scored 76 points in the paint. That's because they had 15 second chance points. They grabbed 
a high number of offensive boards in this one. And when you look at them, 12 offensive rebounds, this team was anemic to this last year. So to see them being aggressive and going after offensive rebounds, something that they've been kind of trying to focus on a little bit more, that's only going to be a good thing. They grabbed 30.4% of their own misses. That is exceptionally high. Also grabbed 82% of the defensive rebounds available to them as well. Both those numbers are excellent. We're going to look at rebounding more tomorrow, but we'll kind of touch on their ranks where they where they fall in when we look at that in the third segment here. So overall, the Pelicans did what they wanted. They didn't turn the ball over too much. They ran. They played fast. Where did they struggle? What kind of bugged you in this one? And you will look at the defensive side of this. It's not the 129 points they gave up because, again, both these teams were playing so fast, you're going to have more chances to score. It's the points in the paint for the Kings, 70 points. We saw the Pelicans in preseason struggle with inside cuts, guys moving off ball, backdoor cuts, things like that. That kind of reared its head a little bit in this game as well. There's a reason some of these guys have more points than you kind of would have expected from them. Willie Cauley-Stein shouldn't be scoring 20 against an Anthony Davis-led team. De'Aaron Fox scored 18 while only going 0 for 1 from deep. He was scoring inside. Same thing with Marvin Bagley the third. He was getting inside and trying to score that way. This was really on Miritich who struggled defensively and the awareness wasn't there. Maybe he was just more focused on the offensive end. But this might be a bit of a concern going forward. Guys are kind of getting into the lane, getting into the paint, scoring that way. Again, 70s a lot. Even with the pace and everything, 70s a lot, and that carried over from preseason. As meaningless as preseason is, there's some things you can see are maybe going to be a bit of a concern. This is one we had our eye on. That's really the only complaint, though, that you would have for this Pelicans team in the 149-129 win. So good 2-0 and victory for the Pelicans here as they kick off this homestand. And again, it sets the tone. We were looking at this, wondering if they would play down to the level of competition. They did it all of last year. They had the same home and road record. Well, they blew out the Kings at home in the first opportunity they had to after flying high from that win over the Houston Rockets. That's exactly what you, what you want to see. That killer instinct mentality. They didn't play down to the team. They didn't think they could coast. They came out, hustled, and played their game, did what they wanted. That's exactly what you want to see. And that might be better than the victory over the Houston Rockets. Not seeing these kind of mistakes of pass. You look at this team, and they just look and feel different. It's kind of as simple as that. So before we get to talking a little bit more about Pace, what it means, is your company looking for a new way to reach customers? Your company could be mentioned right now on Locked On Pelicans. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors they hear on their podcast. Our demographic is 98% male with more education and more earnings than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsor Locked On Pelicans get named right here in the open, in the close, with a live read in there as well. You can email me. It's LockedOnPels at gmail.com. That's LockedOnPels at gmail.com. There's like a couple of you I need to send emails back to. You'll hear from me soon. As well as, hey, just want to tell you guys it's working because you can see the numbers of the podcast, especially with a winning team kind of go through the roof. So it's a lot of fun right now. So make sure you get your company featured here on Locked On Pelicans. So there's a bunch more home games coming up, and we all want to be there. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing the Pelicans play in person or seeing your favorite band or live theater event. Being there is always just the best thing that you can do. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. 
To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money than the savings you're already going to get from Vivid Seats. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app, enter the promo code LOCKED ON, L O C K E D O N, LOCKED ON, for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help get you to your favorite live event. So pace and how it can kind of affect numbers that you're going to see, this is a very important thing to keep in mind. The Pelicans play with a very fast pace. You hear everyone saying that. But do you actually know what it means? And it's okay if you don't, and it's great if you do, but we've got to kind of just throw a quick little primer out here on it. And I talked about this over the summer. Pace is essentially just a measurement of number of possessions per game. It's as simple as that. You have however many possessions in 48 minutes. That is your pace. Currently, right now, the Pelicans lead the, or they don't lead the league in pace. I'm sorry. They're third in the league in pace, averaging 108.75 possessions per game. The pace against the Sacramento Kings was 113, meaning they had 113 offensive possessions. They had that many opportunities to take a shot and score. Now, it factors in everything, so you're not going to get 113 shot attempts. Whether that, However that possession ends, that's the measure of it. So the possession is going to end with a made shot, a turnover, um, a missed shot, and a defensive rebound. If you get an offensive board, it continues that possession, so it counts as one when that goes on. But think of it in terms of things like that. The Pelicans aim to play with a lot of possessions, a lot of pace. It basically falls under the thing of the more possessions you have, the more chances you have to score. So let's take good early shots. And if we miss, we miss because we'll get another possession to make up for it. When you have teams that shoot above a certain percentage, it makes a lot of sense. You know, the Pelicans right now are shooting 56% from the field that leads the league, by the way. Um, So they know if they miss this one, they're likely to get it on the next one because that's kind of what the numbers bear out. And if they're playing a team that doesn't do that... Over a long enough sample size timeline, whatever you want to say, they should win the game because of that. It's kind of that simple. But that skews numbers because a lot of people will look at this team and go, oh my God, they gave up 129 points. They're not playing defense. You know, after the Houston game where Houston scored a lot of points too, oh my God, they're not playing defense. But what if I told you the Pelicans aren't in the top 10 in defense, but they're not in the bottom 10 either. They're close to it. They have a defensive rating of 111.6. So when we talk about offensive rating and defensive rating, that's per 100 possessions. So offensive rating is how many points they score per 100 possessions. Defensive rating is how many points do they give up per 100 possessions because if you look at points scored and points allowed it's not it's going to factor it's not factoring in the pace so a team with lots of pace is going to score more points but it doesn't mean that on a per possession basis their offense is actually better than a team that just tries to slowly milk the shot clock in every chance and every opportunity that they get there's plenty of teams that do that and have top offenses because of it so it's something to kind of keep in mind when a team plays with a lot of pace it skews the numbers it's going to mean you put up a lot of points it's going to mean you're going to allow more points but it doesn't mean that right now you are the worst team defensively out there 
So that means the Pelicans have the 18th worst defense. Not great. It's not terrible, though. I think that's a good thing. They have a defensive rating of 111.16, kind of near the middle of the pack there. They do, however, have the top offensive rating, 127.9. So per 100 possessions, they're scoring 127.9 points. It's pretty damn good. So there it takes into account all the pace and everything like that. This is important when evaluating this team and other metrics too. Think about assists. The Pelicans lead the league in assists per game with 35.5. That's something we haven't even mentioned these first two games. They're averaging over 35 assists through these first two games. It's unbelievable. The ball movement and other things. We have a lot of time to talk about all of this. We're going to cram a lot in this week. They are seven assists uh, better than the second place team, which is the Dallas Mavericks. Kind of interesting to see how that works. So a lot of that, though, has to do with the pace that the Pelicans play. Dallas Mavericks, by the way, are 21 in pace. They play with, right now, six fewer possessions per game on average than the Pelicans do, and they're seven assists down. So you've got to keep all of that in mind because some of these numbers are going to be so damn high because the Pelicans have so many damn possessions. There's no other way for that to really kind of go about it. So you've got to look at what people call advanced stats, different things like that, to really see kind of the impact that the Pelicans have here and what's kind of going on with that. So where the Pelicans rank in terms of assists, if you want to look at assist percentage, so the percentage of made buckets that have an assist on them, the Pelicans are at 65.7%, which is fourth best in the league. It bears out that, yes, this team is passing the ball, they are sharing the ball, and those numbers are high for that reason. It's actually truly excellent for this team. Despite playing with the fast pace and the extra possession, the Pelicans are doing a very very good job of playing smart basketball. It's, I mean, smart in the sense of not wild, loose, what have you, and turning the ball over. Something that was in, potentially going to be a concern preseason. And that was a concern last year for the Pels. They're actually the 10th best when it comes to turnovers, only turning the ball over on 12.8% of their possessions. So this team is doing kind of everything you want. Well, you look at a lot of teams early on and you can be like, okay, there's flaws here, there's flaws here. Boston has some, you know, Houston has some, the Lakers have a ton. Uh, Denver even has some too, and they look pretty good through these first two games of theirs. But the Pelicans don't have a ton, at least offensively, that you can that we can see. But now that we've established the pace and that the, the defensive number of points per game isn't really a huge factor here, there is some concern there. And with that pace stuff in mind, I want to take a look at a couple of things that they can work on going forward. And maybe we'll throw in another area or two that they're good as well because we want to be happy. They're 2-0. and We're not going to nitpick this team to death. But we're going to do that all in just a moment. So I've told you repeatedly, tune in to Locked On NBA. And of course, you still do that. I'm there every Wednesday. We've got some great guests that are going to be reoccurring on there in Ben Golliver with Sports Illustrated and Sam Amick with TheAthletic.com. But I want to point out two podcasts that you guys also need to be listening to. Yeah, it's a podcast world right now. And the first is going to be Locked On LSU. This is the fifth ranked team in the country. They're probably higher now. I haven't looked at the AP no, well, yeah, they should be higher. They're probably four now, if I had to guess. I haven't looked at the, the AP rankings today, but we just launched Locked On LSU with the great Matt Moscona. You know him of ESPN 100.3 here in New Orleans, ESPN 100.104.5 up in Baton Rouge, and probably just the top local radio guy we've got in the state of Louisiana. Matt is awesome. He bleeds purple and gold, so you've got to listen to Locked On LSU. Get your daily fix of what's going on with that team. He's going to be covering everything, not just football, but basketball, baseball as well. So make sure you tune in to Locked On LSU. 
And don't forget about Locked on Saints. Yes, Monday through Friday, covering your 5-1 and one New Orleans Saints as Drew Brees now has beaten every single team in the league after the Ravens kicker missed that extra point. Don't feel bad. We'll take a win, whatever it is. So, of course, Ross Jackson does a great job there on Locked on Saints. Make sure you listen and subscribe to both of those podcasts. So I realized as I was doing the last segment, I covered a lot, not a lot, some of what I wanted to throw in this one. We're going to do a primer on pace, then we're going to look at the Pelicans' pace-adjusted stats, and then, of course, I tell you where they are offensively, defensively, the assist number, the turnover number, and all of that. So I've kind of just, you know, blew everything on that. Clearly, it's still early in the season for me as a podcast host here. But I want to talk about the defense, and let's keep it in mind with the pace stuff. So again, we know that the points-per-game numbers, like, no no big deal. Like, it's they're playing fast. The opponent's going to have a lot of possession. And their NBA teams, even as inept as some of them are, the Kings actually look kind of decent this year, or at least like a competent NBA team. So the the teams are going to score against them. It's just as simple as that. You got to look at the defensive rating. And we did, which is killing me now. So let's look at other areas that are a bit of a concern. So with this playing fast and kind of dictating the style of play, and teams tend to have the same pace in a game. Think about it. If you and I are playing one-on-one, I score, and then it's your turn with the ball, and I'm on defense. And then you score or miss, then I get the ball and you're playing defense. So basically teams are going to end up with almost the exact same pace depending on how the quarters end. And that's kind of how it goes. But with dictating the pace and a lot of teams playing fast, and now the Pelicans going after an incredible amount of offensive boards. Again, 30.4. They're actually, let me pull it up. They were really high. Um, when it comes to offensive rebounding. I want to talk about this more tomorrow. They're rebounding 30.6% of their own misses. That's basically insane for this team where they were like under 10 last year. That's fourth best in the league. A lot of teams eschew going after offensive boards because it means you can't get back and get and play defense and you're open to getting scored on in transition. Think about it. If you have multiple guys going forward for an offensive board but they don't get it, you don't have guys back to kind of take away the fast break because you committed them going forward. Whereas if you say, screw going for offensive boards, you take a shot and everyone just runs back, you get set. And teams can't run against you. Houston kind of perfected this defense. So have the Golden State Warriors the past couple of years. And basically teams have just kind of imitated it since. But the Pelicans are going after offense boards instead of playing that style. So you would think, just kind of by virtue of how it sounds like it would go, that the Pelicans would give up a lot of fast break points. And to an extent... They are. They're giving up 18 and a half fast break points per game, but that's only 22nd in the league for the team with the fourth best offensive rebounding chance here. Um, you would think that that would be a whole lot higher. That's pretty good. And I think it shows that if the Pelicans can keep getting these offensive boards, they're going to drive that number even lower as they get better at it. And this team's going to keep going after offensive rebounds. We'll talk about this for sure more tomorrow. So they're doing a great job there. They're also doing an unbelievable job on the defensive glass. If you grab defensive boards, you deny second chance opportunities, of course. The Pelicans are doing that right now. Their defensive rebounding is fourth best in the league as well. They're scooping up 82.5% of opponents' misses. That is now leading to just eight second chance points per game for opponents. Basically, they're grabbing four offensive boards and scoring on those per game. It sounds like you can kind of live with that number. Now, the other side of things is where you're kind of concerned, and this is points in the paint per game for opponents. So this segment's turned into talking about defense, I guess. 57 is what the Pelicans are giving up. That's 26 in the the league. That's the fifth 
worse. Only the Houston Rockets right now are worse than that, giving up 73. Not worse. There's four other teams that are worse than that. I'm off today. I am sorry. It's a Sunday. I'm excited about the Saints win. We're going to blame it on that. So the Pelicans, 57 points in the paint allowed per game. A lot of that does have to do with the pace. But you saw against Sacramento that Miritich was just kind of a sieve down there. So we've got to see if they're doing this a little bit better. So take out eight of those in terms of the second chance points. It really puts this Pelicans team at 49 um, points in the paint. If you kind of eliminate that, and maybe you can get better about that just a little bit. That would then bump them up to being tied with Sacramento at 18. So it's a bit of a jump that kind of puts them in the middle of the pack. And it shows you where this team has room to grow on defense, not in just points allowed. That's going to be what it is. But it's the other little things. The other area they need to, and we'll look at this as well at some point, is turnovers. They're not turning the opponent over nearly enough. Opponents are only turning the ball over on 10.3 three percent of their possessions that's 24th worst in the league here pelicans need to get some stops kind of that way teams aren't shooting well against them and that was kind of their mark on defense last year teams did not shoot well against them um and teams aren't shooting great against them this year but they're shooting a little bit better than last season and that means they're going to have some more makes so it's kind of just kind of clamping down on defense a little bit hands up guy in front of you kind of contest their shot some Force a turnover. Drew Holiday certainly capable of doing that. AD is going to still fly around and block some more shots. That'll help as well. So this team has a lot of areas to improve, which just makes them even scarier should they be able to do it. But those are the numbers to focus on when it comes to the Pelicans in defense and not points per game. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about some offensive rebounding, defensive rebounding, as well as preview the game against the Clippers, and then whatever seems like it might be important to discuss tomorrow. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at NOLAJake on Twitter. Thank you all for tuning in, and I'll be back with you all to preview tomorrow's game.